1: Ben Jarofsky here. This is bonus time. Yes, indeed. As I speak, it's Thursday afternoon, but when you're listening to this, it's Saturday or Sunday or Monday. Podcast, you can listen whenever you want. And this is a segment of the show that I've been waiting to do for a very, very long time. I was in exile. I was like, uh, you know, wandering throughout the desert in Radioland Exile, in between jobs, when uh, a story broke on WBEZ, a podcast I should say, broke uh, on WBEZ, Public Official A, uh, by Dave McKinney, state political reporter. And uh, I was utterly obsessed with that uh, podcast. It's all about former Governor Rod Blagojevich. Blagojevich, it's been a long day. And I said, man, I'm going to have to have Dave McKinney on this show. And as soon as I have a show, so we could break, out, break down the podcast and do a sort of an annotation of his podcast So Dave McKinney. Welcome to my show. Ben, thanks for having me. And uh, you brought with you Colin McNulty, who is the podcast producer. So, Colin, welcome to the show. Thank you very much. He's, right. he's the brains and the brawn of this operation. Yeah. He's the brains and you're uh, and the brawn? Well, you're just a yeah, good looking guy. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> you're the face. All right. Uh, let's start. Uh, Rod Bukhoyevich, for our younger listeners, I think even our younger listeners know that he is a former governor of Illinois. Uh, Dave why don't you just give um a little capsulated view a view of uh, Rob Lagojevich and what happened to him that led, sort of like led to the uh, the uh, public official a
0: well you know what he ran for governor in 2002 and if you know you turn on the wayback machine we had a governor at that point George Ryan Republican big corruption scandal that eventually led him to a federal prison term himself uh, Bulgoevich comes in, a Democrat, first one in 26 years in Springfield, and he's running as a reformer. And really, not long after he takes office, then you know you see these stories, including ones that, that you know I wrote with Chris Fusco here at the Sun Times and others, that he, he was basically you know he he was operating this campaign fuz- fundraising juggernaut where virtually everything in state government had a price attached to it, mm-hmm. and 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 this you know eventually caught up with him and in 2008 um, the the feds uh, swooped in with help from a bunch of uh, you know surreptitious recordings they had and arrested him uh, at at six in the morning on a on a you know weekday morning and uh, and then you know not you know, a couple of years later, off he goes to federal prison. And that's, he's now in uh,
1: Colorado serving, you know, he's halfway through a 14 year prison term. That is a very good capsulation of the career of Rob Luguevich. So he, yes, is the governor that's currently uh, in the federal uh, penitentiary we've had a history of governors in Illinois have gone to the federal pen and right now there's only one. Am I right? Am I right about that Dave? Am I forgetting a governor that's currently in the uh, federal penitentiary other than Rob Lugoyevich? Well he's the one and only from Illinois. There. Oh yeah, right. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Very yeah. important to see. But yeah. the, you would really a funny thing is I mean, you're absolutely correct. When Rob Lagojevich first ran he, he was positioning himself as a reformer. I found that very ironic uh, Dave because he of course, his patron was Richard Mel, his father-in-law. We're gonna we talk about Patty Blagojevich, his wife, is Richard Mel's daughter, and Richard Mel, of course, is a machine stalwart. He's like so. If you look up machine politician in a dictionary, there's a picture of Richard Mel. So it's kind of hard to run as a reformer when your sponsor is Richard Mel.
0: Well, yeah, and I mean, you know, when we interviewed Patty Blagojevich for this project, you know, she was telling us a little bit about. Uh, Dick Mel's expectations when, when Rod uh, won his first term to Congress back in the late 1990s. You know, he said, put this guy on the payroll, you know, so-and-so for whatever it was, forty, $40 grand. dollars yeah. you know, and Rod, it, Rod is like... He
2: was some schmo that nobody else wanted, <laughs> and, and Rod didn't understand why I had to put him on as a sort of
0: like a machine job kind of thing, and they had this big argument, and that was their first blow-up. Yeah, that was something else. I mean, you know, just the, the whole family dysfunction is what, you know, really... You know, you can't say enough about what impact that had on Rod Blagojevich. And it really is, you know, well, let's just talk
1: briefly about that. Rod, as I said earlier, is serving a 14 year sentence in federal penitentiary in Colorado for corruption charges uh, from his years as a governor. Uh, But the beginning of those of the corruption investigation, one could argue, came from a fallout he had with Dick Mel. Talk about that, Dave.
0: Well, yeah, I mean, I think Mel, you know, Mel sort of regarded himself, as you pointed out, his patron, and and didn't think that Rod was being grateful enough. Um, he, he was turning at that point in time, Rod was, to this fundraiser named Chris Kelly. Kelly was, you know, a, a roofing contractor out at O'Hare, he had all sorts of city connections, and. And Rod was just leaning on him as an advisor, a money man, everything. And Mel felt left out, and and it got to the point where Mel, you know, just went public and w- with the Sun Times own Fran Spielman about, uh, you know, everything. You know, every board and commission appointment available in state government is for sale for fifty thousand dollars mm. a pop, and and that became it was like pouring gasoline on a on a field of wild, you know, dry. Dry grass. It mm-hmm. just took off, and 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 it eventually doomed his president or his uh, governorship. Yeah, he would have and, liked to have been president. Yeah,
2: we interviewed Lisa Madigan, who said when she heard that, finally there was somebody on the inside who had direct knowledge of how the Blagojevich campaign operated, and she opened her investigation, mm. and then that morphed into the other investigations. There, were, I think, three investigations going on at the beginning, mm. that eventually led to the FBI investigation. Mm. So that's why the genesis is with that argument with Mel. All
1: right. Well, let's now we're going to get to the heart of things and what uh, Mike obsession with your podcast uh, is the the segment part four, the tapes. And I think that if anybody knows anything about Rod Blagojevich, it comes from the tapes. So before uh, we get into the tapes, I've got five uh, samples of Rod Bogoyevich uh, live uh, as part of the tapes so that we're going to play them each one and have you guys annotate them and explain them and t- sort of put them in the historical context. Um, Dave, what? Let me before we, as a way of introduction. Uh, what inspired you to do this podcast in the first place? Well,
0: I I think you, you know there is a lot of debate about whether 14 years is too long of a prison term for him. I mean, you know, he's exhausted all of his appeals. You know, he he's failed at, at trying to persuade the judicial system to take up his argument that he's that he was wrongly, you know, sentenced. So what what happened in May of last year, President Trump was on Air Force One and he was talking about another pardon and then just out of the blue brings up Bolgoevich's name. And of course the two of them have history together because they were on Celebrity Apprentice and Rod it was after Rod had been booted from office. in in need of money and and so he goes on Trump's show and and of course he's a failure on the show and and and, you know but but the fourth episode I think is the way he makes it too yeah exactly and so so (laughs) Trump floats this idea on Air Force One well you know what this guy is in prison for the wrong reason everybody talks out of turn that's the only reason he's there and and he really kind of gave hope I think to Patty Blagojevich and the whole Mm Blagojevich clan that that he would give serious consideration to freeing Rod from prison and of course that's been what 11 months ago nothing's happened and I think there is a great deal of discouragement about you know
1: where are you Trump well so and uh, so when when Trump brought up uh Bekovic's name that gave you the idea of doing this this uh, podcast to take a deep dive into exactly what it was that brought to prison?
0: Well, because it gave it currency, you know, because we, we don't have, uh, you know, it's easy to go back and do these retrospective pieces that, that really kind of have this feel of a clip job. And that's not what this was. We, 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 we really used the Trump thing as a as A way Yeah, a way in, yeah, a yeah. Way in to kind of really go back in and remind people what this guy did when he was in office. Lagojevich and then just sort of, you know, pose this question about is, did,
1: did he get a raw deal or not? All right. And uh, by the way, one of the few things, and maybe one of the only things that I agree with Donald Trump on uh, is that I personally, this is me speaking for myself, I'm not speaking for anybody other than myself. I do believe 14 years is way too long. I didn't get along with Rob Lugavich. I can't even say that, Dave. I had no relationship. The guy never returned a call. I think Mel told him, don't talk to this guy. He's bad news. So I never <laughs> even when he was a state rep, Rob Lugavich would return a call. So I had no relationship. I don't know the man, but I think 14 years is too long. Uh, and I have a lot of questions having listened to your podcast uh, about what the FBI did, the decency of the, I don't know if there is such a word is even a applicable to a federal investigation. Um, but it I do believe uh, you 14 years is too long and I just I, I know in my humble opinion that um, uh, Donald Trump was raising the specter of, of releasing Bukoevich because he wanted to taint the reputation of the Mueller investigation into him because Muller, as I learned from your podcast was the head of the FBI at the time the FBI launched their investigation of Raabbaoevich correct
0: Oh that's right absolutely he, uh, he came to town and uh, you know he, he looked at the uh, or he listened to these tapes some of the, some of what you're going to play here. <laughs> in a bit and and you know we have this anecdote from the former special agent in charge in in chicago robert grant who who had uh muller sit down at his desk and listen to these tapes and and after they play um, you know, Mueller is just sitting there shaking his head and saying, only in Chicago. Only <laughs> in Chicago. <laughs> no, well, he
2: yeah, he, go he ahead. also says, um, who's the
0: guy dropping all the yeah, F bombs? Yeah. And uh, Grant
2: says, that's the governor of yeah. Illinois. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, he, and he goes, Mueller apparently is not a swearer. Like he's a
1: proper gentleman who doesn't use words like that. So it was a bit shocking. Well, to him. I'll tell you what, Mueller's been. Uh, he, Lugoyevich introduced him to the real world and having investigated Trump now for the last year or two. I think uh, Mueller's learned a thing or two about swearing and uh, explicit language. All right. Um, So we're going to we have five uh, what I consider the all star uh, excerpts from the tapes. Uh, But before we get we play uh, number one, uh, Dave, why don't you explain the backdrop of what led the feds to actually uh, tap Rod. Bulgoyevich's phones. Well, I mean, they had taps in place at his campaign
0: office and in his home. And these really, you know, of course, they took approval of a judge. And it it all really sort of started with, um, you know, their discussion with a a close family friend of Bulgoyevich's and and a a lobbyist at the time named John Wyma, who um, he was representing a racetrack. And this racetrack. Had some legislation pending that Rod couldn't decide what to do, and and Wyma was was an intimate part of the or had been an intimate part of the uh, political operation of Blagojevich, and so he was involved in a lot of the fundraising meetings, and he saw firsthand how it was that that Rod was trying to attach fundraising goals to specific actions, including possibly signing a bill that would benefit the racing industry, and and so you know. It was Children's Memorial, mostly, too. Well, and Children's Memorial, yeah. as well. And so, he, he had this uh, situation where, um, uh, y- you know, I think the feds had interest in Wyma on other matters. It's, you know, we don't really go into that much in the show, but they, they had reason to talk to him. And, and Wyma volunteered that, you know, you might take a look at this guy, Blagojevich. He's got, you know, I, I know that he is, is offering to do certain things in government in exchange campaign contributions and then that was the basis to get the wiretap put into the campaign office and eventually the, the homes as well
1: all right and so tape number one that we're going to play uh dr d uh is perhaps the best known d- 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 am i right about this number we're going to go with number one well you know it, it, colin you're right I, I, I misspoke there because the the it
2: wasn't the racetrack it was uh, the, children's it memorial, it was Children
0: memorial. Yeah. and yeah and the uh, the the racetrack was uh was schofield right um, I'm blanking on this. Yeah, it's been a while. It's been a while. Yeah, but but at any no rate, no it was Lon Monk. It was Monk. Yeah, that's yeah, that's right. Monk Monk was these the are longest. all different aides to Rob Yeah. McGuire, great, so yeah. But, but yeah. the greatest hits of Rob Goy. Wy- was, was coming at this through the perspective of Children's Memorial Hospital. Now to you know disregard what I just said. Okay. So so uh, Children's Memorial Hospital in town, of course, a big big provider of healthcare services for lots of of needy kids and and they wanted to get the the, their reimbursement rates from the state of Illinois changed so that they would be paid more. The doctors there would be paid more, and they could retain them easier. And and Rod was wanting to get the CEO of Children's Memorial to contribute fifty thousand dollars to his campaign in exchange for doing this. Mm-hmm. And and you know Wymer found that he told us to be pretty distasteful. Mm-hmm. And and that's that's what he he used to flag to the feds that this kind of stuff was going on. The racetrack thing was a separate. Uh, an, an, another thing that was mm-hmm. part of, you know, that the feds got on tape, uh, it involved another aide, Lon Monk. And and it was a, a deal where uh, they were going to the, the racetracks were going to get money from the casinos to to help prop them up. And, and you know, Rod was going to sign the bill or not sign the bill in exchange right. for money.
1: And uh, so this is what led uh, ultimately to getting the approval from a judge uh, to put taps on all the phones. And uh, so he had his office phone, his home phone. What else?
2: Um, his chief of staff's phone, uh, the campaign headquarters. Mm-hmm. There were a couple of others, um, other people's phones.
1: So these are boards. landline phones, right? We're back yeah, in the Rod O's. didn't
2: have a cell phone, apparently, Yeah, mm-hmm. he, uh, because he worked at home a lot. Right. So he they just had to do his couple landlines, I think, in
1: his house. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Okay, so yeah. all right, so tape number one is perhaps the most famous Uh, excerpt from uh, The Wiretaps Uh, take it away Dr. D I told my nephew Alex he just turned 26 today I said Alex you know I called him for his birthday and I said it's just too bad you're not 4 years older because I could have given you a US Senate seat for your birthday (laughs) Yeah. you know what I mean I mean I've got this thing and it's fucking golden and I'm just not giving it up for fucking nothing i'm not gonna do it and, and i can always parachute use it and if so i could parachute me there all right i got this by the way i should have done the little warning i didn't do the warning d uh there's language in this show that you shouldn't listen to although you probably say it all the time every day that's the funny thing dave people give these warnings out and then they go out and swear to their wives i'm not allowed to swear in this show uh, dr d my producer generally orders me around will not allow me to swear. All right. But you feel free to swear. (laughs) Blakoyevich can swear. We got to have some kind of rules around here. (laughs) (laughs) I can't talk about sports. I can't swear. All right. Let's that. uh, We got this thing and it's fucking golden. Uh, It's world famous. I would say it's probably the best known uh, quote from Rod Blakoyevich. And uh, so either one of you I don't care. Just do the background of what this conversation is all about,
2: I think that isn't that tape from the morning after the presidential election. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So, two thousand and eight uh, in two thousand eight. So Obama, Obama had just won the presidency, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, I think we didn't didn't Patty say. I kind of wish he hadn't a won because then that Senate seat wouldn't have been up for grabs. But basically, so they knew that the Senate seat was coming because if the president from, you know, a given state gets elected president, then, uh, or sorry, if a senator gets elected president, then the governor gets to appoint that replacement. So the Senate seat with Obama's presidential election or victory uh, was now in Rod's control, and that's what he's talking about that day. And the FBI had no idea that that was going to happen. They just happened to be up on the wiretaps when... Uh, with all this stuff connection, you know, state action connections with fundraising, um, so it was a surprise to them. And we, you know, the FBI agents we spoke to described that. They were like, all of a sudden, the Senate seat comes along, and they start hearing things about like that about it, now and that, that kind of piques their
1: interest. It, it, did that change sort of the course of the FBI's investigation as soon as the Senate got involved? The Senate seat got involved.
0: Oh, completely. It was the driving force I think behind the timing of his arrest because they felt like there was going to be some sort of imminent action where he was going to, mm-hmm. you know, basically. Sell the Senate seat, and I mean, there's this, you know, Patrick Fitzgerald talking about what, you know, what Rod was prepared to do allegedly, and in, in, in appointing this seat to to or giving this seat to somebody, you know, a donor, that, that that Lincoln would would be spinning in his grave, you know. So I mean, that that was their big concern that they wanted to avert that.
1: Yeah, I, I shouldn't point out here something a little aside. Uh, that Senate Senate seat appointment would take would would feel like I think about two years or a year or so until a special election would be held, because they had a special election, right, to fill out the term. Am I correct on that? No, 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 you're it right. Rolling, it was two yeah. years. Uh, they filled it, and right, and then the the, the term expired in 2010. Right. But one of the tapes that uh, was not played on your show, because it really wasn't relevant, uh, Germaine, uh, to the, um, the prosecution was a conversation between Mayor Rahm, uh, at that point, Congressman Rahm, and Bar- um, and uh, Blagojevich. I don't know if you guys heard this tape. Do you, are you familiar with this tape between yeah. Rom and Rod? Yeah, where Rom wanted. Follow me on this. Uh, uh, Obama was hiring Rom. Offered Rom to be his chief of staff. Rom mm-hmm. called Blagojevich and asked if he Blagojevich could. Um, Fill Rom's vacancy with somebody that Rom chose, and he mentioned Forrest Claypool to fill the vacancy, and then Rom would go off to Washington uh, and be the um, chief of staff. And then when he would, when he was tired of being chief of staff, he'd come back and run for his office, and the 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 person that uh, Rod selected. Would leave office. You never heard this tape? Well, I mean, I don't know that it was part of the uh, part of what the feds did. I mean, that's no, that's it, it,
2: if it wasn't in the Bogoyovich trial, we didn't.
1: Use oh, it. Well, it was. It was anyway. It's a funny little thing because the reality is uh, that uh, R- Rob Bogoevich did not, under the rules, have the power, the authority to fill a congressional vacancy. So, and uh, <laughs> Rob didn't even know the rules. Anyway, the point is, is that. Um, it's not that rare, this leads me to where I'm heading with this, Dave. It wasn't, it's not that rare for politicians to do something like this. I mean, they may not speak in terms like it's fucking golden, but, you know, there's a vacancy, it's wide open, people want to be considered. There's a lot of maneuvering going around. Uh, is, in other words, is this as dastardly as it sounds?
0: Well, I mean, from a political standpoint, you know, Rod looked at it in a number of ways. I mean, you know, one of the people that he had talked about, um, you know, though she doesn't believe he was serious, but Lisa Madigan. And and I think, you know, even though the two of them and, and Lisa's dad, the speaker, uh, you know, they, they, they clashed all the time with Rod. But, you know, Lisa was ambitious. Uh, Lisa was uh, three terms, I believe, at that mm-hmm. point and, as attorney general. And, you know, he thought that by appointing her, it might enable uh, or might buy him some favors with the speaker to help get a, a capital plan passed, an infrastructure bill.
2: But that's, I mean, the, the point isn't the, what's it called, horse trading. Like, that that's perfectly legal. And that's what the, you know, the, um, Reed yep. Char, the, the lead prosecutor, told us. It's, it's that he was exchanging the seat potentially for jobs, for, yeah. um, for income, you know, for I himself. To, absolutely. I need to make a lot of money, he said over and over again. So that's where it was potentially illegal, not the, the trading jobs for, you know, different political appointments. That's perfectly legal. Um, but I mean, hitting whether appointed- or not there's anything wrong with it is a different question. <laughs> Correct, <laughs> but but, but under legal. that scenario,
0: though, you know, he had Lisa. He had if, if it's to believe, be believed, you know, he then could have appointed an attorney general as well. So he would have had like a, a twofer there, and so you can see kind of the way he, the, the wheels in his head are working here. What's going to benefit me most politically? You know, mm-hmm. how, how can I get the most money in my campaign fund? How can I get the most done
1: legislatively? I mean, all that stuff is kind of kicking around in his head. At all that right, point. and the other thing that uh, David Kidding makes very clear, uh, if you actually listen to the full podcast. Podcast, is that it's the shock value of hearing the governor of the state of Illinois almost like n- naked you know what I'm saying it, I think you said it, he's so explicit he's so explicit and that's sort of what is so eye-opening just to hear like this raw like uh just unvarnished wheeling and dealing side of a political brain a Chicago political brain Dave you understand what I'm saying we're just seeing it in action and it's there without any attempt to hide or camouflage uh, from public view oh, it's
0: so revealing I mean how many times you know would we like to hear you know uh, you know, one of the Mayor Daly's talk like that or the Speaker of the House. I mean, you know, you just don't have that kind of access that these government tapes provided us into the kind of
1: the way that politicians think. All right. And along those lines, D, let's play this next tape. Uh, this tape shows <laughs> a politician really feeling sorry for himself. I think this is the busted my ass tape. So let's hear this.
0: He sounds like he's in a bad spot. He says, I fucking busted my ass busted and pissed people off and people gave your and gave grandmother a free fucking ride on a bus. Oh, yeah. Okay? I
2: gave your fucking baby a chance to have health care. I fought every one of those assholes, including every special interest out there who can make my life easier and better because they want to raise taxes on you and I won't, I, I fight them and keep them with it. And what do I get for that? Only
1: 13% of y'all out there think I'm doing a good job. So fuck all of you. <laughs> <laughs> Our governor, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> yeah. I love that man. I love I think I like that tape even more than the fucking golden tape. All right. So fuck he, was, y'all. he was having a bad day that day. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, a little context on the day. What was going on in that? Per- was there something going on in particular I should know about, or was it just a rough day in general?
2: I think that was even before the Senate seat was up for grabs, right? That was he, he was reacting to seeing an <laughs> approval rating that put him at 13%, I, I think, see. which was one of the lowest in the country, if not the lowest. Um, as far as approval ratings go, uh, but and that was because of all the Resco stuff and all the other sort of indictments uh, that were coming down. Well,
0: and like and everything was sort of sh- you know closing in on him. All you know this inner circle of his, you know, as, as Colin points out, they they were all they all had their own legal problems, and some of them were going to prison and already were in prison. And and you know he he it's it's weird to think about how you know Illinois we had these two politicians. Rod Blagojevich and Barack Obama at the same time in 2002. Yeah. If you look at their their trajectories, you know everybody thought Rod was on the way up, and and nobody knew who Obama was, and and then for 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 Blagojevich to have sort of flirted with this idea of the White House early in his term, and then to watch all of those dreams and ambitions just sort of be you know burned away, and and Obama going you know going to the White House, and and there's no place left. For Rod to go, and and he's he's broke, and and politically he's at a dead end. He's and jealous, jealous, and he's angry, and he feels like you know he's getting you know a raw deal from voters, uh-huh. and and just on and on and on. And you're right, he's feeling sorry for himself there. And um, y- you know, you th- that thirteen percent approval rating, you know, was lower than W's, I think, lower than oh, Bush's, it's, it's,
2: lower it's, than
1: Congress's. At yeah, the time. I don't know. It's like it like, was basement. Yeah, Yeah, uh, but he was successfully really. Here's the weird thing Uh, he had just been reelected. Let's think of pause for a moment to think about the Illinois electorate for a moment. (laughs) He was just reelected, okay? He was challenged in the Democratic primary, and then he was challenged. For ten trivia points, Dave McKinney, who was the Republican candidate who ran against Robocloivich in tw- oh, she, 2006
0: she, yeah. yeah, she loved. Uh, she loved her coffee. Yeah. Very good. You're part of pink. Yeah. Give
1: that man those trivia points. Okay, <laughs> you got to get up early to sneak a Illinois political question behind uh, David McKinney. All right, Dave. Now, I when I hear this, I laugh. It's funny. It sounds like uh, like a Martin Scorsese movie. Uh, you know, on the other hand. There's something voyeuristic about listening to a man's private conversations. And my goodness, if you heard some of the conversations I have with Dennis, my producer, it would be pretty embarrassing some of the things we say. Mostly we do Howard Stern imitations.
0: Dennis, what what is that like? Can you tell us? (laughs) I can't talk about
1: that. Sorry. <laughs> Off the record. He'll tell you about the Howard. He does a great Howard Stern. The point is, um, well, what's your feelings about this? You did the podcast. You, you're the one who put these tapes out there to a certain degree. Do you think we're being voyeuristic, listening and chortling over this stuff?
0: Well, I mean, uh, you know these these tapes were authorized by. You know, there, there were judges involved at in multiple levels here. First, in, in allowing the placement of these wiretaps, you know, that had to be approved. There had to be probable cause established that there was going to be a crime committed. And then, don't forget, you get into the trial, and 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 Judge Zagel at that point pretty much listened to all of these. And and he made a determination as to which ones were germane to the case and which ones weren't. And, you know, Patty uh, lover or hater, you know, she got... Drawn into all of this because she, um, you know, she was involved in a lot of real estate deals with Tony Resco, who mm-hmm. was a fundraiser, who who wound up going to federal prison, uh, fundraiser for Rod, mm-hmm. and and so, you know, they looked at her as, as a as a bit of a participant, and she, you know, her name is, uh, you know, she's identified in in the indictment against Rod, uh, she's not charged, but but it's clear that the feds believe she committed wrongdoing as well. They didn't charge her, but but that's that's really the, I think the overarching purpose in, in the feds, you know, listening to the two of them talk. Now, they didn't, you know, none of them that we heard involved, mm-hmm. you know, just the mundane things that you would hear about, you know, day-to-day life in the Blagojevich House. But but the ones where they're talking about, well, gee, if I, you know, if I point myself Senate to the Senate seat, uh, uh, you know, maybe, you know, I could get this. Or if I, if I uh, appointed, Valerie Jarrett, you know, maybe Obama would appoint me ambassador to India and, or you the know, UN the U.N. ambassador. Right. And there's a lot of jogging around the,
1: you know, Indian uh, Well, we'll embassy. get to that uh, ambassador quote, one of my favorites. But uh, uh, something else that Patty Blagojevich said and uh, uh, Rob Blagojevich's lawyers have said this as well, uh, that the tapes that were public, uh, released to the public that were played in the trial and that you eventually got access to, um, are not, don't tell the full story, and you actually uh, quoted Pat Abelgoibich saying this in your podcast, that if the public heard all the tapes, play all the time, there's thousands of hours of tapes, Mm -hmm. they would see uh, that uh, Rod was uh, innocent, a word I would not normally use in any way associated with anybody uh, having anything to do with Chicago politics, innocence, but, Talk talk about that. I mean, that's a serious issue. That some tape they were, uh, some tapes have never been played, and they've only allowed uh, a handful of tapes to be re- released. Talk about that. Well, I mean, that's that's really
0: kind of the heart of their argument um, legally. But you know, the, the reality is they had two trials. They've had a whole series of of, of appeals where they've raised that point and nowhere in the entire judicial system has anybody bought into that you know and so so (laughs) it's it's fine to kind of you know kind of go down that route but but you know reality is reality they didn't get to play them and if there was something that was truly remarkable in those tapes at some point they would have found a sympathetic judge or a sympathetic justice who would have said yeah you know you're right Mm -hmm. and and nowhere did that happen
1: yeah, well, I just thought, I don't know, the whole politics of the Bogoyevich tapes, it, they arose uh, just recently in the, well, relatively recently in the 2018 gubernatorial campaign. As you recall, all of a sudden, out of nowhere, the Tribune got started, got access to tapes of conversations that Blago had with uh, then-citizen, uh, private citizen, J.B. Pritzker, of course, now was our governor, and uh, Rauner then used, former Governor Rauner, used those tapes uh, to, in campaign ads, to slam uh, Pritzker and, and embarrass him and humiliate him. I mean, how did certain tapes get out and other tapes not get out? I
2: don't think anybody knows how the, the Rauner camp got got those tapes. I mean, those tapes would have technically been under seal. So, um, yeah, any side doesn't know.
0: Well, and to be clear, I mean, Rauner, FBI Rauner didn't. Know. I, I don't believe the Rauner campaign had fingerprints on mm. that. I mean, this, you know, the, the the as you say, Colin, these are under seal. And the only people that really would have access to them are the lawyers in the case. And there were many, many defense <laughs> lawyers uh, who, who had access to these. Now, mm. I'm not saying one of them, you know, had their own purposes and, and, and had a candidate they favored or disfavored in the Illinois gubernatorial race. But, but you know, the timing of it was interesting because it was when You know the release of it came when pritzker was in a primary and you know i don't know that there was any great um doubt that pritzker was going to go ahead and win that primary but it it created a dust-up and it it really undercut pritzker in the black community i mean it was some of the things that were being said on that particular tape were very awkward yeah
1: Well, Pritzker then went on his apology tour. I will say this, uh, I think I pointed this out to you, Dave, when we were talking on the phone, I say this all the time, it's so ironic, Uh, when Donald Trump started talking about uh, possibly uh, commuting the sentence of Blagojevich or talking about how Blagojevich was railroaded and how the same forces of uh, the federal government that uh, were persecuting him, Donald Trump, were the ones that had sent Blagojevich to prison with the same unfair tactics. That had very effectively undercut the issue of Rob Blagojevich in the campaign that Rauner was using because suddenly Donald Trump was making a pro Blagojevich appeal to Trump voters throughout the world. And like, yeah, they railroaded Blago, the same people that want to railroad your president. I just thought it was like, wow, man, is Trump couldn't have done a better favor for uh, J.B. Pritzker because you know what? Rauner stopped using those tapes in his commercials. If you remember it, you yeah. I mean,
0: they—they, they, I, I mean, you—you kind of have to think again. My theory that that the Rounder people didn't have direct access to them. I mean, th- they would have been a, a much more effective thing to play in a campaign a month before the election, as opposed to you know way early in the campaign season, because in a way it kind of, you know, it it just it it allowed there to be a lot of time between. The playing of those tapes yeah. and when voters went to
1: the, the, the polling places. Yeah, he may have pulled his punch too soon. All right, let's let's uh, uh, let's go to, <laughs> I call this the Walter Mitty tape. Walter Mitty is a carto- uh, cartoon character uh, from the New Yorker many years ago uh, who uh, always had these ambitions and great dreams of being something other than what he was. Uh, so this is uh, Blagojevich daydreaming about possibly uh what is it swapping the senate seat for an appointment as an ambassador do i got that correct dave is that yeah, how yeah. the deal was going to go down yeah you yeah. gonna...
2: ambassador was he, was he was thinking all right d play the ambassador one <laughs> now i have this as title as russian
0: motherfuckers is that right <laughs> <laughs> That's what? wait i thought you i thought there was no swearing No, <laughs> yeah.
1: oh, i'm breaking my rules here uh. <laughs> you russian motherfuckers can you see me <laughs> All right, anyway, um, but those are not reachable, but, you know, <laughs> I told my nephew Alex, he just turned 26 today, I said, Alex, you know, I called him for his birthday, and I said, it's just too bad you're not four years older, because I could have given you a U.S. Senate seat for your birthday, <laughs> Yeah. you know what I mean, yeah. I mean, I, I've got this thing, and it's fucking <laughs> golden, uh, yeah. and... Yeah, that's the 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 golden comes out of the Russian. All right, what, Colin? What? Help me out here. What was the thing about the Russians that he was? He
2: was (laughs) thinking that he could he could parlay the U.S. Senate seat in exchange for being appointed UN ambassador. And he him saying Russian motherfuckers was him imagining himself in the Security Council, sort of going after the Russians. I the see.
1: Case, <laughs> he was fighting Putin long yeah. before it was fashionable. Right, right. Uh, and no wonder Trump's turned against him. Hey, wait, I just heard that tape. I love Putin. Uh, all right. Uh, is there uh, any way imaginable, when you think back on this, that uh, he could have swapped that Senate seat for something like a UN ambassadorship? Was Is, is that just, just so beyond the, the realm
2: I mean, I think you, we make the point in the script that Rod didn't realize how toxic he was to Obama. Um, you know, Obama had the connection with Resco, too, and he needed to get as far away from Bogoevich and far away from Illinois as, as as he could. And associating with Rod Bogoevich or giving him an appointment like UN ambassador would be the furthest thing from his mind. But there's something kind of beautiful about like Rod's optimism, though, that like he still doesn't realize, you know, how much people hated him at that point and, and sort of has this optimism that he could still kind of turn it into something like the Walter Mitty thing. Yeah,
1: like Walter Mitty and just the, the imagining the things he would say to the Russian ambassador. By the way, where, how did you find this? I, I how tapes? did tapes? Well, yeah, any of them, but this particular one, I...
2: It was in the court it was used in court so I I got all the trial exhibits from um Rob Wildeboer who's a our criminal justice uh, editor at WBZ he had them all because he covered it at the time so I had all I think it was nine hours of tapes um that they used at the trial and, and I mean, so you
1: listened to just all nine
2: I listened hours. to all of them and got through them and
1: wow and so David down. you listen to all nine hours too no. I don't know if I listened to all of them. I, I thought Colin was doing such
0: a good job listening to them that I, I didn't want to take away from his, his joy. So, yeah, I've, I've heard all nine hours.
1: Do you have a favorite? Uh, uh,
2: not to give you a segue, but it's actually the one coming up, oh, which is I love the. It. Uh, oh, all right.
1: Okay. Uh, this one coming up. Uh, this one. All right. Let's just play this one. This is a classic. Uh, I believe this is the world's passing me by. This one. All right, go ahead. Play it. Okay, so what can I get from him? For Patty and me, nothing. Later in that call. It's no good. It's no good. I got to get moving. The whole world's passing me by, and I'm stuck in this fucking job as governor now. Everybody's passing me by, and I'm stuck. Who's passing you by? Everybody. Wow. I'm stuck in his fucking mm. job. Look, Dennis is like, oh, you're breaking all the rules. My, uh, wait, uh, yeah. Can we talk about the Bulls' upcoming draft choice? Sorry. Oh, yeah. uh, but, uh uh Speaking of the world, passing the, <laughs> passing somebody by, it seems like the Bulls have passed by. Yeah. Uh, let's not talk about the yeah. Bulls. All right. Um, God, I could talk so much about this one right here. Uh, the world's passing me by. First of all, Colin, who is he talking to? I can't remember uh, who he's talking to. Oh, God. Uh, he, Bill Knapp is the
0: consultant. Is it?
1: Yeah, it's building.
2: It's it's a conference call, so there's multiple people on the phone. Yeah. Now uh, let's visualize and, and this.
1: And there, where is he sitting? McCoy, he's here's... at home. He's
2: at home. He's he's talking, and Patty's on the phone as well, and they're they're talking to I think three. DC political consultants yeah nap
0: and the pollster so uh, bill Knapp Yang. was the one who yeah. sort of
2: burst his bubble so yeah, nap says Obama's not going to give you anything man he's he's the first one who sort of like gives him a dose of reality and that's what he responds with is the whole world's passing me by
1: and I'm stuck um, all right let's just take a moment to explain why he feels this way I said this to Dave I can't remember when I said this to him. I go, the, our current governor spent $70 million, and Dave corrected me, it was $172 million. Mm-hmm. So I sit corrected from that $172 million of his own dollars to be elected governor of the state of Illinois. And yet Rob Bukoyevich was so just, just, just enchanted, disappointed with the job. Mm-hmm. He was willing to trade it all in to be the ambassador to the United Nations. I mean, what was at the root? Of this feeling that the world is passing me by,
0: it's Barack Obama, yeah, know, largely. And and you know what? One of the anecdotes that, that we play out in other parts of this podcast is how, you know, here is a guy who gets elected in two thousand six, reelected. And he's he's at Finkel Steel, which is, you know, now the uh, Lincoln Yards site yeah. which which you have been. <laughs> and and it it, it yeah. you know, he's he's gonna take the stage and, yeah. and give his victory speech. Yeah. And one of his aides, Bradley Tusk, walks in and you know he's morose, and he's saying some of the Backstage same things in the dressing room. He's beh- he, before he gives his victory. He's speech. talking about feeling stuck, and he's morose. And wow. and and On the it's night of his victory. Hard to, it's just hard to get your arms around that the guy felt trapped in office long before 2008, when when that tape is being played, or or being recorded.
1: But he felt in 2006. Was it just something about. Uh, You know him better than I do, Dave. I never met the guy. I'm trying to think if I ever meet Rob Ogoyevich. I've been in rooms where he's been, but I don't think I've ever officially met him. I mean, is it something like does that movie "The Goodbye Kid? I always talk about it uh, where Charles Grodin's character is never happy with the woman he's with. He's always he's like he's got a wife, but he sees uh Sybil Shepard, he wants to be with Sybil Shepherd, then he gets with Sybil Shepherd, he wants to be with the other. He's never happy where he is. Is Rob Bugoevich got a little Charles Grodin in him where he's just wherever, where you know, whatever he is right now, it's always something better?
0: Yeah, I mean it was you know, he was miserable. Not only not only Barack Obama, but but you know, throw in Mike Madigan too, because Madigan was pretty much blocking everything he wanted to do legislatively i mean there were a few things that were going through but by and large he was an ineffective governor i mean he still had support among voters but but the the weight of these investigations his inability to pass things in springfield watching barack obama his star rise and rise and rise all those things kind of came together and just you know he was just disenchanted and and it's really hard to figure out what other into the story there could be and other you than f- what we saw.
2: You feel for him. I mean, like m- me sitting there listening to all nine hours from the at the beginning, <laughs> I was sort of like, I feel for this guy. And also, <laughs> I remember listening to it and I was talking to you, Dave, and I was like, I'm not sure he's guilty or not. And then and then I got to the end of the tapes and I was like, I think he might be guilty. Yeah. You know, because um, it's the end of the stuff that's really damning. Well,
1: um, uh, the end of what of stuff? the tapes?
2: Oh, like the the call the. Um, with Lon Monk talking about John Johnston and and, uh, Monk saying, give us the fucking money, and Rod's telling him to go out there and get it. And it's it's pretty incontrovertible evidence. It's pretty pretty brazen. And then especially the
1: the Jesse Jackson Jr. tapes, too. Oh, yeah. I actually left those out. Uh, Dave, give folks just a... uh, brief primer on Jesse Jackson Jr. He was a congressman at the time, the son, of course, of the legendary Jesse Lewis Jackson, uh, Operation Push Leader. Uh, talk about what uh, Rob was up to with Jesse Jackson Jr.
0: Well, I mean, Jackson was, you know, in Congress. He served some, you know, they knew each other from Congress. And, and uh, you know, Jesse w- was a, you know, he was a contender for, for the appointment for sure. I mean, I think it was, you know, it would have been probably regarded as a fairly popular pick. Um, among the core of, of, of Rod's base um, you know but but again just I, I don't know they just they, I don't think they felt like they ever could deal straight with with the Jacksons on on things and he and calls him a bad guy yeah. over and over again yeah. all over and over yeah yeah, yeah. so and he uh, says uh uh
2: what is it if I was in a boat and Jesse Jackson and Lisa Madigan were both drowning, and I had to save one of them. I think I'd save Lisa, but he he hated both of them.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. And by the way, he, while he's saying this, you showed me a picture. He's sitting in a leather chair in his house. Is that right? Is that where he did most of the phone calls? Well, that was where a lot of the calls were
0: recorded. It was in his library, which, you know, is a very, it's kind of a like a Downton Abbey. It's right. very nice library. You know, There's very a nice, yeah. giant
2: globe in the corner.
0: Um, library in Lada his books. house in the north
1: side of Chicago. Okay. Yeah.
0: Filled with biographies of like of Elizabeth leaders. and
1: Napoleon and all sorts of people. So like he's that. really in the historical biographies. Yeah. That's
2: all. Uh, that's um, kind of a theme in the, toward the end of the podcast in the beginning um, mm-hmm. where, you know, we're sitting in this room and interviewing Patty and Rod was sat in this room and did all his work and he's surrounded by books about great people and great men and he sort of aspires to be those kinds of figures. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's a tragedy to all that. Mm-hmm.
1: And uh, all right, we have one last uh, uh, excerpt to play and we'll, um, this is the excerpt uh, where he gets the news from the Trib. Uh, either one of you, I don't care, just set it up so people know uh, what this is all about this is where he gets the word uh,
0: trying to get it straight well this yeah. is this is again with wyma and 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 again with the children's memorial uh thing and, and it, he 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 believe he's 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 learned that the tribune is about to publish a story where um you know they're where it discloses there, that there have been undercover recordings of him. Mm-hmm. And I think he believes that, that well, and, and it's also going to be reported that Wyma was cooperating with the feds. So, the Tribune
2: gives his press secretary, his press spokesman, a heads up the day before the article
1: published, yeah, is published. That and, and that's what this that's is. The other voice in here is the press secretary? Yeah, uh, Lucio. Uh, yeah, I, I think it is. Yeah, oh, Lucio, a, I know yeah. Lucio. Yeah. He used to I work at the is. Bright One, yeah. right here at the Chicago Sun Times. Yeah. Very well-dressed young man, by the way. <laughs> All right, let's play that tape. In the Tribune tomorrow. Correct. Recording of me. Yeah, that pause, uh, that pause. Oh, uh, Lucio delivers the news and he says uh, in the Tribune tomorrow. Yes. And there's the pause. And uh, and then he says recordings of me. And Dave, in my mind, when I heard that uh, the first time I listened to your podcast, uh, I thought, oh, my God, that is that's the sound that silence is the sound. Of Rod Blagojevich's brain processing that information—that everything he said for the last Lord knows how many months has been listened to by FBI agents. That's how I read it. How do you read it? That pause. Oh yeah, there's a lot bound
0: into all of that. I mean, and of course the betrayal piece of this, you know, because I I think, you know, uh, Wyma was regarded. By the uh, by, the is sort of a Judas-like figure here—a guy that you know they, they used went to on go out to dinner together, and vacations, yeah. and they, they 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 dated back to the 1990s. You know where they knew each other, friends, and to think that this confidant had you know gone behind Blagojevich's back and was cooperating with the Feds—you can hear the the pain and the processing of all of that. But of course, Blagojevich, as you as you say, Ben, Blagojevich knew full well. The things that were being talked about and what was unfolding and likely the things that um, Wyman knew and i think all of those things are just coming crashing down around him that he knows all right this suddenly has gotten really
1: bad and serious and of course he have uh, as i keep saying ultimately uh, got 14 years uh, in a federal prison Uh, so dave i'm gonna throw it at you i personally believe 14 years is way too long uh, he's served now how long he's been in jail for how many years oh well, he's over seven yeah well yeah. he's in year seven now year I seven believe. yeah uh, he's over the halfway point i i would have let him out last year at least it is, if i were running the world imagine me running the world uh so there'd be a lot of swearing <laughs> but not, <laughs> not if me. it's up to me <laughs> <laughs> uh, there would be no swearing and i wouldn't be able to talk about the polls yeah. uh but um how do you view it you've uh, spent a lot of time writing about Blagojevich, thinking about Blagojevich, listening to Blokoyevich, probably as much as any reporter in the state of Illinois so what do you think 14 years too long about right what's your thoughts
0: I mean it was it was within the, the sentencing guidelines mm-hmm. that, that you know that judge Zagel had to work with um, that was one thing um, you know like you started your show off here with you know we had five governors and and you know five governors who went to prison mm-hmm. as a result you know, partly of things that they had done in office. And don't forget that George Ryan had just done the things that he did that wound up with his prison time, a fundraising scandal. And so, you know, there, there is a deterrent effect that, that I think people were trying to achieve with this. Now, the people who are, you know, who believe that this amount of time is too long, you can look at uh, Officer Van Dyke and and look at that. As Patty Patty has pointed out, you know, a guy like Van Dyke and and you know he he's convicted of, of uh, shooting sixteen shots into Laquan McDonald. He's not serving a fraction of that time. Or it's just a mere fraction of that time. Mm-hmm. Uh, a guy like Paul Manafort, um, you know, another guy who it's a mere fraction of what Blagojevich has uh, has to serve. So I mean, is there imbalance? There there are plenty of cases to be made that there is an imbalance here, but. But, you know, at the end of the day, it's it's left in the hands of our judicial system. It's a it's a judge. It's a jury. And, you know, in the end, I, I defer to a judge and a
1: jury because they're the ones that that, you know, we empower to make these decisions. Well, another one of the, the podcast episodes, which I really urge everybody to listen to, is we talk about the media circus uh, that uh, evolved from Blagojevich fighting uh the charges against him and, and the tactic he chose uh, very high profile uh, tac- Donald Trump is essentially playing out of that playbook right now and you could argue that Blagojevich learned it uh, ultimately from uh, Johnny Cochran and the OJ Simpson trial where you just mock the other side as much as he had to, well he took it uh, Blagojevich to great lengths do you think that uh, ultimately played against him that uh the judge and the prosecutors just did not like that game he was playing and it made him pay for it. Well, I mean, they eventually shut it down.
0: You know I mean? He was supposed to go on the celebrity. W- w- the, uh,
1: I'm a celebrity, survivor. get me out
2: of here.
0: What well, was this? Sur- it was called survivor. <laughs> right? no, it was
2: called, I'm a celebrity, get me out of here, which was like a British reality TV import that where they take celebrities and put them in the jungle. Well, yeah, he was supposed to, go to Costa Rica. That. Yeah. yeah
0: Patty yeah. went, went instead, you know, and they, again, they were trying to make money and
2: you couldn't, but but Sam, I mean Sam Adam, the defense attorney, would say that that strategy worked in the first trial. Yeah, there was a second trial that that ultimately got him, and he didn't have a giant team of lawyers. What that,
1: happened in the first trial? I just momentarily uh, blanked on it. There was the first trial, and it was one holdout juror or something like that. What was it? There was one. There was one holdout juror
2: on a number of the kind of high profile charges, but that wasn't true for all the charges. There was a there was a mix. It, what's it called? A hung jury on. On, on all but one of the, the counts. The Out count 14, that he was convicted
0: was on, was, on was... How many charges?
2: 20-something, maybe? Oh, don't hold me to that. Anymore. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways,
0: you were about stuff
1: 10 years ago. A lot yeah. of them. And, uh, and,
0: and he, he went, it was a conviction on, on lying to the FBI. But then the fact that they had that conviction enabled them to pursue the trial again.
1: Mm-hmm. And, you know... Uh, about a year later. Right. All right. Now, uh, I have to ask you this. You spent all this time uh, listening to these tapes... Uh, you spend all these times thinking about Rob Lugojevich. he has a very distinct voice. Uh, I would say almost poetic the way when he gets going on a riff, uh, there's, you know, he's got a lot of flavor there. Uh, I guess I should ask you this, Colin. Uh, did you start hearing Rob voice in your head, like when you're doing the mm. dishes or something? I mean, did it stick with you? Sometimes stories stick with me for a long time. Did this stick with you for a long time?
2: Yeah, I, I guess so. I don't know if I heard him in my head. Um, I don't know. That's a tough one. Uh, I thought about him a lot <laughs> for a long time and just think ultimately he's, he's, he's kind of tragic more than... Criminal <laughs>
0: almost in my mind, um, that's not true for you, Dave, but no, no I mean i, I I'm this I'm the same way you can't help I mean we it was just such an interesting experience yeah. when when Colin and I sat through six hours of interviews with uh with, with patty. patty and and you know you you know the history with Patty Blagojevich walking in that door, but then spending that time with her it's it, you, you do have an empathetic feel for her after a while mm-hmm. where, you know, the, the, they have two beautiful daughters and, and these, you know, and I'm a parent and, and these, these girls never signed up for any of this stuff, you know, and, and it's true with a lot of families. You know, there are a lot of people that, that, you know, parents who are in prison and their kids suffer. And I get that, but you hear this, these stories about how, you know, the youngest one, Annie would no longer read her father's emails from prison because they're too painful to read. Or, or the, the idea of one of, uh, you know, the, the eldest one, uh, Amy, going to Scotland on a, you know, just a, a, a trip abroad kind of thing uh, and spending some time there thinking that no one there would recognize that last name. And she finally would get a sense of, you know, a little bit of normalcy and, and quiet time. And it was only a matter of weeks before somebody said, oh, you're that Blagojevich. And it's like you know these kids are walking around with yeah. this mm-hmm. and and you you can't help but feel for like
2: and then trump you know. saying what he said and then nothing happening um you know they're they're in this limbo
1: that well it, it, michael cohen uh trump's lawyer warned absolutely everyone in the universe i don't know if you you listen to this one dave when uh cohen gave his testimony to congress he warned everybody you get in the bed with Donald Trump, it's not gonna work out well for you, okay? Mm -hmm. And so, ultimately, it just shows you how desperate uh, Rob Blagojevich is, is that he was looking to Donald Trump uh, for assistance, and obviously, to me, it was a transactional thing in Trump's mind, Uh, maybe Blagojevich can help me get out of my trouble with Mueller, and apparently, he's decided that it's not worth the while, or it's not gonna work out, because you're right. I haven't heard word uh, about Blagojevich uh, since um, anyway gentlemen thank you so much for coming in and taking the time to share this moment I cannot tell you what a big a fan I am of uh, podcast of your podcast uh, do you want to promote any upcoming podcasts or are they all top secret you can't talk about
2: uh, it? there's I, uh, yeah I'm one of them top secret but um, yeah I listen to public official a and I'm thanks for having us and I'm glad you enjoyed it yeah, definitely.
0: All right, Apple, gonna... Apple, iTunes, and and where, where wherever do you get you your, po- your find podcast. You, yeah, where do you get your podcast, Colin?
2: Uh, you get about uh, Apple Podcasts is the main source for for podcasts. Although my son said you if you, you don't
0: put them on Spotify, none of the kids are going to listen to them. You so. could say
2: to your smart speaker, "Hey, play Public Official." I won't say the smart speaker's name because isn't that set off everyone's smart speakers? But um, you could get them anywhere you find. Your fine that podcasts. would be chaos.
1: Isn't that what they always say? Uh, get it wherever you podcast. Yeah. <laughs> That's what we say, D. <laughs> But folks, you can listen first you listen to the Ben Jurofsky show, then you listen to a, a, a public official A. All right, gentlemen. Thank you very much. Great job. Uh, as I always tell Dennis, give yourself a raise and take it out of petty cash. All right. All <laughs> right, you. good job. And that's bonus day on the Ben Jarovsky show. Take care, everybody. He sounds like he's in a bad spot.
0: He says, I fucking busted my ass busted and pissed people off and people gave, off gave your grandmother a free
1: fucking ride on a bus. Okay, I gave your fucking baby a chance to have health care. I fought every one of those assholes, including every special interest out there, who can make my life
2: easier and better because they want to raise taxes on you, and I won't. I, I fight them and keep them
0: with it. And what do I get for that? Only 13% of y'all out there think I'm doing a good job. So fuck all of you.